As you know, this past uh, Sunday, Pastor Clanton spoke about learning to listen to God. And I'll tell you what, if you have not heard that message or if you weren't here for that message, please go on our website at woodland.church and you can click on the sermons tab and you can listen to it. It was a great message that we all need to hear. And I love the illustration that Pastor gave about his Ford vehicle and Ford Motor Company. And he was very correct when he said that any time a sermon illustration comes like that, it's, it's a great thing. And so it was funny because I was thinking about that and I was thinking about ser- uh, Pastor's sermon illustration about Ford yesterday when I was driving to work and my wife Christy texted me something. And so not to text and drive, I said, hey, Siri, and I wanted to text her. Well, Surrey kept on cutting me off, and so I kept having to redo it and say stop, and she did not listen to me very well. So I thought about that uh, with Pastor and his uh, illustration, and it kind of made me laugh on that. But tonight, I'd like to further discuss how we, as passionate followers of Christ, should continue to learn how to listen to God in our daily life. You know, God created us to be in a genuine relationship with him. And we're made in his image. And being his image bearers, we have the ability to know God. And because we have that ability, we can love him, we can worship him, we can serve him, and we can have fellowship with him. And so part of this genuine relationship that we have with him means that we should always be willing to listen to him. And when I think about listening and our relationship with God, I think about our relationships that we have with our spouses, our children, our parents, and those that we interact with on a daily basis. And I think about how we always strive to have genuine relationships with those people, and we work on this daily. I mean, can you imagine with your kids not speaking to them or not trying to cultivate a relationship with them, or even with your spouse. And we always are trying to um, renew our relationship and, and keep our relationship going and keep the lines of communication open. And so that's what we should do with God as well. We should always strive to listen to God and learn how to listen to him more. And so one of the things that Pastor said on Sunday that kind of hit me was that it's not that God is is the one who changes. It's sadly us who changes. And so many times we feel so far away from God, or we may think that we've done something so bad that we no longer listen for God to speak to us. But I want to tell you right now tonight that God still wants to hear from you. He still wants to have a close relationship with you. In fact, when we read his word, We see that we can truly be blessed when we hear the word of God and when we continue to develop a relationship with him. So let's go to the word of God right now. In Luke 11, 27 to 28, we read, As he was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came, and the breasts that nursed you. Jesus replied, But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. 
Heavenly Father, I'm just so thankful for today. I'm thankful for the gifts that you have given us. I'm thankful that we're able to come together online and we're able to worship you and read your word. I just pray that you will bless everybody that's listening, Lord. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so here's a little bit of context of what's been happening before we read the verses that I just read. So earlier in Luke 11... Jesus was teaching his disciples the method of prayer that they should follow in what we know as the Lord's Prayer. He also cast out a demon in a man, and he rebuked some of the religious hypocrites. And then Jesus began to discuss the true need for repentance through a God-given heart. And so all of this was going on, and while all of this was going on, there came a woman. And she said to him, God bless your mother and the womb from which you came. This woman, whom we don't know her name, she was so deeply touched by Jesus and his teachings and what she had heard and what she had seen that she kind of felt envy toward his mother. I think maybe this woman probably had followed Jesus and she had heard him and saw all that he had did and all that he had been doing, or maybe she heard other things from other people about him. Whatever the case was, she was very impressed by Jesus, and she knew that he was different from the other teachers, and there was something very special about him. And so as you can imagine, as you can see, is that she could not hold back her feelings, and so she cried out, blessed is the womb that bore you. She was probably thinking, what a blessing it must be to Jesus' mother. And so since we don't know much about this woman, and we don't really know why she reacted like this, I kind of thought maybe she had no children of her own, and maybe she was thinking what a great blessing this must be to have a son like Jesus. Or maybe she was barren and couldn't have children, and she was moved by her emotions that she thought that if she could have children, this is the kind of son that I would want. Or maybe she did have a son, and maybe that her son was estranged from her, or maybe he was some type of troublemaker. Whatever the case was, we do see that this woman was deeply moved by Jesus. And so she began to think that Jesus' mother was very special, which she was. But she was very much missing the point of why Jesus came. And I think about that with our own children. We know that our children are a blessing from God. And we get excited and we get happy and we feel blessed when our children are doing stuff that they're achieving in what they do. I think about my own children. My son Daniel's a very talented musician. And he's very blessed with his talent. My daughter Megan is a very good singer and she works on her singing and she's blessed to have a beautiful voice. My other daughter Riley is so very smart and she's blessed and now she's going to be going to middle college next year instead of her regular high school. And then we have Elena who's such a blessing and she has such a heart of worship to the Lord. I can hear her all the time singing praise songs in our house when she's taking a shower or she's doing just anything, playing or just sitting around reading. 
She sings praise songs. And she even got a, an award at her school for memorizing so many Bible verses. And so I think about that, and I think about this woman, and so I think about that we're blessed, and some people say that to us, but we have the ability to be more blessed than what this woman thought of Mary, and even what people think about how blessed we are with our children. And that's when we teach our children the Word of God. And it starts with hearing the Word of God and developing a way to learn how to listen to God and obey Him. And so being truly blessed means hearing the Word of God. So the first thing that we see in this scripture verse is that this woman heard Jesus' teachings. And she saw all that he had done, and she responded to him. So in this text, we don't see if this woman had saving faith in Jesus. But what it does tell us is that she went against the norm of that society then. In that time, women weren't speaking up like that. But she went out of the norm, and she spoke up, and she wanted to honor Jesus and his family by telling him, that he is wonderful and his mother must be really blessed. And I also love how Jesus responds to this woman. Notice that Jesus doesn't rebuke her. And he also doesn't dishonor his mother by saying anything bad about Mary. Because Jesus loved and honored his mother. Mary, as Jesus' mother, was blessed. And we read in Luke 148 in Mary's song, she says, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of this lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. And so Mary wasn't being prideful in this. She was recognizing and she was rejoicing because of the gift that God had given to her. And her richest blessing came from her faith and she submitted to God by thanking him and giving him glory and being obedient to his will. And so as we see in this uh, section of scripture is that Jesus uses this opportunity with this woman to teach her and to teach others. And so he simply points out that there are things more blessed than his mother and that is his word. On a side note, we also see in this verse that Jesus took women seriously and he treated them with respect as we see how he spoke to this woman. And so in the time, in this time, Jesus is doing something that's not generally done there. And if it were anyone else besides Jesus, she would have just been dismissed. But Jesus listened to her and he responded to her gently and gracefully. And so even though Jesus had performed many miracles and this interaction came right after he carried out, or carried out a demon or exorcism on a man who had a demon, and many in the crowd were still wanting to see more signs from Jesus to prove whether he was the promised Messiah or not. 
but not this woman. This woman cannot hold back her joy and her happiness because, as I said, she knew that Jesus was special. We are truly blessed when we listen to God through his word. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. So if you want to hear from God tonight, you must be in his word daily. Saving faith comes from hearing the word of God. And so secondly, being truly blessed means obeying the word of God. So as Jesus said, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. So we hear the word of God, and being truly blessed means that we obey the word of God. And so Jesus is telling this woman that not only are you blessed when you hear the word of God, but also when you put it into practice every single day. There's a lot of people that hear the word of God, but if they don't obey the word of God, then it's not effective. In Hebrews 4.2 it says, For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. So hearing God's word is not enough. In order for us to learn to listen to God, we must hear his word and obey it. And that's an important aspect of discipleship is obedience to God's word and doing God's word. In James 1.22 we read, be doers of the word and not hearers only. So it's very important for us not only to hear the word of God and listen to God, but to do the word of God. And so when we hear and we study God's word and we put what we hear and read into practice, we begin to grow in our relationship with God. And so as Pastor said on Sunday, we must be willing to trust and obey to listen to God. Many of us are, as parents, are, you know, we give our children chores. And I think about how many times I tell my children to do something, like maybe do the dishes or pick up the floor or do something outside. And I think of how many times that they hear us, but are they really listening to us? Because then maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes later, it's not done. And it's highly evident that they have not heard us completely or listened to us. And so in Luke 11, 27, 28, we see that, this, that Jesus responded to this woman who heard him teach. And she also saw him with the miracles and she heard about the miracles. But then, when we move on to verses 29 and 30, this is where we see that Jesus begins to rebuke those who have heard him and saw his signs and saw his miracles but who continue to ask for more. If we read 11, Luke 11, 29 and 30, it says, As the crowd pressed in on Jesus, he said, This evil generation keeps asking me to show them miraculous signs, but the only sign I will give them 
is the sign of Jonah. What happened to him was a sign to the people of Nineveh that God had sent him. What happens to the Son of Man will be a sign to these people that he was sent by God. And so Jesus had just talked about true blessing to someone who, like this woman who heard and obeyed his word. And now he turns around and he focuses attention on the religious and the Pharisees and those who might have heard him but didn't listen to him. And now he's rebuking those who continue to seek and value signs. He even called them an evil generation. And the ironic part of this is, is that Jesus had done many remarkable signs. They were just not able, they were just not the ones that the people wanted to see. I think that the signs that they wanted to see were they wanted to see this Messiah, this promised Messiah, Jesus. They thought he would be a military leader and give the people political freedom from the occupying Romans because many in that day thought that that's who the Messiah would be. And so Jesus was rebuking them because they were seeking more signs that they thought would be good enough for them. And sadly, we see this today. How many people say they won't believe until they see a specific miracle that they want God to perform? Or how many people today are looking for a sign? But the sad part is, is that they miss that God speaks to us every single day. Jesus' ministry was not some type of sideshow or to put him in a box for those who doubted. And God did not give them into their demanding of a sign. I truly believe that our God is still a God of miracles today. And I want to give you a couple good books to read on miracles. And one is a book called Miracles by Dr. Craig Keener. And then the other one is The Case for Miracles by Pastor Lee Strobel. And I read both of them, and the one that I like that Pastor Lee Strobel said, and in his book, he ends with this statement. And he says, Thankfully, God's provision is grace, a free gift of forgiveness and eternal life to all who receive it in repentance and faith. That's what Jesus' death and resurrection we're all about paying the penalty we deserve for our failures and wrongdoing and then rising to give us new life with him forever. It is the most valuable miracle of all. I just love that quote from him and it's so true. Jesus' death and resurrection is the most valuable miracle for us of all time. So the Pharisees and many others earlier in Luke remain not convinced of Jesus' claims about himself. And so here the tension begins to continue to rise very high. And even though they all saw Jesus healing a demon-possessed man, and the Pharisees even accused Jesus of driving out the demons by the power of Satan, Jesus calls them an evil generation. And that sounds harsh, but these are all the people who knew the word of God, but it wasn't enough for them. They were raised with the Torah, 
and the biblical traditions that taught about the coming Messiah, but that wasn't enough for them. And so they heard Jesus' words, but they were not truly listening. And there's a big difference between hearing someone and listening to someone. And so here they even had Jesus, who was God in the flesh, standing right in front of them. And that still was not enough for them. They wanted more. They wanted more signs. They wanted more miracles. They wanted something other than Jesus. And so that's what the big difference was between the woman that approached Jesus because she not only heard Jesus, but she also listened to him. And the Pharisees, on the other hand, and the others, they heard him, but they did not listen to him, and they did not obey him, and they did not believe him. And so then Jesus goes on to tell them that they would not be getting a sign that they were looking for, but that they would get a sign that they were not seeking. And so Jesus says, Again, in Luke eleven twenty nine 29 and 30, but the only sign I will give them is the sign of Jonah. What happened to him was a sign to the people of Nineveh that God had sent him. What happens to the Son of Man will be a sign to, the, to these people that he was sent by God. So in context here, the sign of Jonah was being used by Jesus as a metaphor for his future crucifixion, burial, and resurrection. In Matthew 12, 40, we read, For as Jonah was in the belly of a great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. So Jesus gave them this answer to the Pharisees who were asking for the sign from heaven, which would be a miraculous proof that he was indeed the Messiah. But once again, they were hearing him, but they were not truly listening to him because they had no idea what he was talking about. And so Jesus used Jonah as an example here. And the one thing that I love about Jesus using Jonah is that here we have Jesus affirming that Jonah was a real person and that what happened to him truly happened. And so we all should know the story of Jonah and it's a wonderful story of deliverance, redemption, and someone truly listening to God and not just hearing him. And so Jonah, as we know, was a prophet in Israel in about 760 B.C. during the reign of Jeroboam II. And Jonah was a contemporary to the prophets Amos and Hosea. And God called Jonah to go to Nineveh, which was the capital of Israel's enemies, the Assyrians. And so as you can imagine, when Jonah heard this, God called him to warn them, his enemies, their enemies, of coming judgment if they did not repent. So as you can imagine, Jonah did not want to go. Because they're the Assyrians. They're wicked and violent people. And I think that Jonah probably would have been very happy if God destroyed them. So instead of going to Nineveh, Jonah went the complete opposite direction and he got on a ship and he headed for Tarshish. And so what happened was Jonah's fear and pride got the best of him. 
And this fear and pride caused him to run from God. But how many know that we can't run from God? So God caused a great storm, and Jonah was tossed overboard, and he was swallowed by a giant fish. And this fish was a fish that was prepared by God just for this occasion. And so after three days and three nights in the giant fish, the giant fish spit Jonah out. And I'm sure that Jonah had second thoughts about disobeying God after that. Even after being given a second chance, Jonah still reluctantly went out and carried out the mission God had gave him. But the important thing is that Jonah did finally listen to God. And so as you can imagine, Jonah probably didn't look too well after being spit out of a fish that he was in for three days and three nights. So when the Assyrians and the people in Nineveh saw him coming, they probably had such a fright. And so he was probably looking pretty horrible at this time. And so all Jonah did was he walked up to them and he said, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. You see, Jonah heard God, but at first he didn't listen to God and he disobeyed him. And even in the short message that Jonah gave the Ninevites about repentance and about God destroying them, and even in Jonah's disobedience, the people of Nineveh listened and God saved them and there was a revival. And we as passionate followers of Christ today, we need a revival in the church. We need to not only hear from God, but we need to listen to him and obey him. My friends, Jesus is the sign that we are looking for to both his generation and here now. Jesus himself is the sign and we are to believe and trust in him and not a sign. So I'd like to end tonight with a couple things for our growth work. And so the first thing that I want to say is that we need to start and slow down a little bit. We're always in such a rush all the time. I drive down Southfield Freeway to get to work, and some people think it's the Autobahn there. Everybody is in such a rush, and I know that life gets so busy. But we need to start slowing down, and we need to make time for God. We need to intentionally schedule regular, daily time with God. In Matthew 6.33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We must continually put God and God's kingdom first in our lives and in everything that we do. And we will be promised heavenly treasures and fellowship with him. This Sunday, Pastor was talking about some studies, and the studies that he cited on how much time is spent by us on our devices and going through our emails, it should have been a wake-up call to us. And it should lead us to refocus our attention to listen to God. 
I mean, imagine if we took just some of that time that we spend on social media or browsing the internet or checking our emails. And imagine if we just took part of that time and we took that time to spend with the Lord in prayer and Bible reading. What a difference that would make in our life, in our faith life, in our interactions with others, in our relationship with the Lord. And so we need to slow down. And we need to pray and we need to read our Bibles daily. Prayer and Bible reading is so important for us to learn how to listen to God. And the Holy Spirit will guide us when we truly seek Him. And God will speak to us. Pastor talked about how he never heard God audibly, but we hear God through His Word. And we hear God when we pray. And God will speak to us. And prayer is such a, is such a vital thing for followers of Christ. And Jesus set a great example for us in the Word of God. And we always see that Jesus prayed often. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times or on all occasions. Stay alert and be persistent for all believers everywhere. Stay alert. Pray in the Spirit at all times. Read God's Word. Prayer makes us more like Jesus. It shows us the heart of God. And when we pray daily, it reveals the wisdom of God. And so when we set aside uninterrupted time to read and study the Bible, we begin to know God more intimately. Because the Bible is God-breathed. So it's God's very word to us. And we can pray that the Holy Spirit will give us the wisdom and the understanding when we read his word. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. If we want to live life to its fullest, as God intended, we must learn to not just hear, but listen to God's word. Psalm 119.11 says, I have treasured your word in my heart, so I may not sin against you. Think of something that you treasure. Think of something that might have been given to you by a loved one who passed away, or maybe it was a love note that you got from your spouse that you kept, or maybe it was a gift that someone gave you that you really cherished. It was something that you treasured, something that you want to hold close to you. And this is what we are to do with God's word. Hold it close to us and cherish it and treasure it. God's word is on the inside and it's something that we can cherish. It's something that we keep with us daily and no one can take it away. And the word of God that is hidden in our heart is received in our mind and it's a defense against sin. And when we hide his heart, when we hide his word in our heart, the Holy Spirit will guide us in our thoughts and he will reveal God's truth to us. And so when we're in daily prayer and Bible study, we can then learn to recognize God's voice. When we get to know God intimately, we begin to learn to recognize and we learn to listen to him. And it's the same thing with our earthly relationships. 
we recognize the ones that we love voices, even at a distance. Even if you're in a room and you hear your wife or your husband laugh, or I thought it was funny one time, I was at a, a retreat with my, with my dad, and he was in a completely different area of the room, and I heard a cough, and I knew it was him. So when we have these relationships with others, and we work on those relationships, we recognize each other's voices. And so that's the same way with God. And so how do we know that we're hearing from God? Well, when we hear from God in his word, it's going to agree with God's word. This is why it's important for us to read and study our Bible daily so we know it. So we know that everything that we do aligns with his word. God's never going to say anything to you that contradicts his word. God's word is eternal and it does not change. Jesus said in John 10, 27, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. When we are saved by his grace through Jesus Christ and we can recognize his voice because we get to know him and we have taken the time to learn all about him from his word and he speaks to our hearts and we can know that it is from him and that it's him that's speaking to us. The more that we spend in his word and listen to him, the easier it will be to recognize his voice and we can be more than just a fan of Jesus. We can be followers of Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time again that we have tonight on a Wednesday night to study your word. Lord, I pray that we just not hear your word, but we listen to your word and we obey your word. And as we go through our daily days, I pray, Lord, that we keep your word hidden in our hearts and that we share the love of Jesus outwardly to everyone that we meet. I pray that we'll be like the Ninevites who, despite Jonah's initial disobedience, that they heard your word from him. And I pray that we will repent and we will turn from our sinful ways just as the Ninevites did. I pray, Lord, that we take time to slow down from our businesses and that we stop and we pause throughout the day to open up your word and come to you in prayer to talk to you. But also that we take time quietly just to listen to you. That we take the time to sit still and know that you are God. I pray that we won't let the distractions get the best of us, Lord, and that we spend time in your word and in prayer, and we continually fix our eyes on you. Lord, I pray right now for anyone who needs a healing touch from you, Lord. I pray that they will become whole physically and spiritually. I also pray, Lord, for this weekend's service for Father's Day. I pray that the message that you've given, Pastor, will be encouragement to fathers that are here and watching online and that we will direct our minds and our hearts towards you in worship. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, and I will see you hopefully this Sunday for Father's Day, as Pastor will give the message. And then don't forget, next Wednesday, we're going to be open if you want to come in and hear the Word of God in our Wednesday night Bible study. Amen, and thank you.